Welcome to Digitalization Tech Talks, the podcast where we're focusing on topics related to digital technologies in the process industries. Our intent is to present you with information that will help to keep you up to speed with the latest technologies that are soon coming, or in some cases, have already reached the market. Since we covered practical use cases in the process industries for it in episode five, and how batch processing can benefit from it in episode number 22, artificial intelligence discussions as they pertain to the plant floor have become commonplace. This has been facilitated by access to the data that can feed it, along with that networking capabilities to transmit the data where it needs to go to be analyzed, and the computer processing power to support the analyses. And over the past year, we've extended the discussion to generative AI and the use of natural language processing, or NLP, with large language models, or LLMs. With the introduction of ChatGPT, we saw the first mainstream use of generative AI, and now it's making its way to industry. And today, we're going to discuss this topic with our guest. But before we do that, let's have a chat with our podcast co-host, Jonas Narinder. Hi, Jonas. What are your thoughts on our topic? Well, first and foremost, I'm super excited that today's guest is going to share his experience around a practical implementation of AI, which is a first for this podcast. So I think in and of itself, that's very, very exciting. And I think it will also help put the whole artificial intelligence topic into a broader perspective and provide us and of course also our listeners with some fantastic insights into what it takes to make artificial intelligence a success. So I'm really, really excited about this episode. Yeah, and I know we've been talking about doing one on generative AI uh, since ChatGPT was introduced. So this should be exciting. So thanks for your, your comments. Well, let's go ahead and meet today's guest. Mike Dessauer is a data science manager with significant experience in artificial intelligence. Mike is also the Industry 4.0 Track Chair for the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, or AICHE, spring meeting that takes place in March in New Orleans. Welcome to Digitalization Tech Talks, Mike. Hey, Don. Hey, Jonas. Thanks for having me, and I'm really excited to share my experiences implementing generative AI, as well as the direction of our industry is going to go using LLMs in their day-to-day work practice. Yes, welcome, Mike. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Speaking of ASCHE, I just want to mention that generative AI will be on the agenda for the ASCHE Spring Meeting in New Orleans, which takes place on March 24th to 28th. And Siemens will also be exhibiting, so come visit us at the booth. We'll include a link to the registration page in the show notes. So Mike, To set the stage, please tell us about the use case behind the artificial intelligence project that you have going on, what you're trying to accomplish with AI and large language models or LLMs for short. Sure. ChatGPT was our initial motivation to start investigating how a large industrial manufacturing company could leverage AI assistance and realize that there was just so many areas of the company that use AI assistance for helping them to do work tasks, ranging from marketing and sales, corporate functions, and even manufacturing. We also recognized that the information security and data privacy were really big risks if we did nothing and allowed users to continue using publicly available tools. So through feedback from our our corporate users, we wanted to better understand how to use these AI systems and understood that we needed to get the requisite domain knowledge specific to their areas, which was not fully understood from the publicly available applications. So it almost sounds like a chat but of sorts that some companies use to help people that visit the sites navigate the website or find specific information 
but more geared towards your company's needs. Is that is that correctly understood, Mike? Yeah, so it is a form of uh, ChatGPT type of application, except it has specific domain knowledge that only that particular user is interested in. So it's, it has the ability to be very personalized to the user based on the type of knowledge that they're interested in. Okay, gotcha. So I'm thinking there must be a lot of different ways that you could have decided to solve this challenge, I'm assuming, with AI. What were the main considerations for exploring the development of generative AI? My team recognized that the level of parametric knowledge in large language models like GPT-35 and beyond was providing users with valuable responses when used appropriately. I lead a team of data scientists and, and they're able to write code faster now working with LLMs like GitHub Copilot and ChatGPT. And we believe that this is highly valuable for our team. We believe that the technology now is able to reach other levels of quality for areas outside of data science and can expand across our company. So Mike, if I understand correctly, you developed your own internal application. Why go this route instead of using publicly available applications? So we also recognize that for our knowledge workers who rely on specific business and technical domain knowledge, the general LLM applications were limited in how they could leverage the Q&A experience or in automating workflows. So our domain is not really expressed heavily enough in these data sets that were used to train these publicly available models. So a lot of the context is missing. So we believe that using approaches like retrieval augmented generation or RAG for short is a process where we take our internal domain knowledge and we make it available to these publicly available LLMs. So we're actually getting the best of both worlds. And so now we're able to use our team's shared document repositories in conjunction with these publicly available LLMs. Now we're going to have a brief break from our episode to make an announcement of a webinar we have coming up on February 29th at 2 p.m. It will feature Tony Lee from Ivanic, who's going to talk about three strategies that Ivanic uses to maximize technology. You can see the registration link in the show notes. So I'm sure nowadays you kind of have to go the extra mile to protect your data, protect your intellectual property. Could you share with our listeners what some of the data privacy, security, and perhaps even ethical considerations that have arisen and how you have been able to address them in this specific application? We, like most companies, we recognize that these concerns are very valid and we address them in the approach to our development. We work closely with our privacy team to ensure that things like the user's chat history and the usage of the application are never shared. Uh, we also have developed the application within our four walls of our private cloud and use secured LLMs so that we do not have our data ever available for training any of these models. And for ethical considerations, we build out training to educate our users on responsible usage. Well, it seems like you have good security mechanisms in place and have all your bases covered there. Generally for topics like this, there are technical challenges along the way. Uh, have you encountered any? And if you have, can you talk about those and how you guys are tackling them? Yeah, there's several technical challenges that need to be overcome and really require a diverse skill set. Firstly, we are very fortunate to have a strong developer who can lead this project, who has skills in both the software development space and also in data science. And since the underlying project that make up generative AI chat applications are evolving so rapidly, your development team needs to stay up to date to leverage the newest capabilities. And another technical challenge is really building out the data foundation to make these documents that I'm referring to AI ready. In our industry, we rely a lot on legacy document management systems for storing 
the key information that our knowledge holders need to get to, and we want to include this in this application. So ensuring you can access and utilize these document collections is critical for the user experience and be able to do this secure, securely. And so we always leverage the existing security groups within our IT organization that, that they sponsor so that we're not creating any new types of security threats. It certainly sounds like a good idea to stay within the confines of what IT has set up. With a software project though, there's typically a pilot involved and if that goes well, you move on to the actual implementation, perhaps with a staged implementation approach. What have been some of the considerations for scale and support of this AI application development that you have had to consider? So we wanted to start small, but we also want to think big in the way that we approach designing our application. We leverage cloud-first technologies like Kubernetes that scale very well and even takes a little more time up front, but it's well worth it when you want to scale up. We've also stress test our system to ensure that we can handle a larger volume if possible. We also want to make sure that this testing is much bigger than the actual number of users so that we're always feeling confident that the application can handle the volume that's going to be using the application. We definitely are still in the pilot mode, so I want to be clear on that. But we do anticipate the architecture that we built will scale very nicely for a larger user group. Like ultimately, I'm, I'm guessing you want to know whether or not you had a good ROI based on the amount of time and effort involved in the implementation. How do you plan to measure success and how can the value of generative AI be estimated for a large organization? So initially, we are measuring success by user adoption, by how many users are actually using the application and getting direct feedback from these users as, it, as a leading indicator to improving productivity. But in parallel, we're also focusing on customized workflows that address very specific tasks that we believe have more hard dollar savings. And some of these are across our whole organization, and that includes procurement, marketing and sales, and even manufacturing. Could you share some of the feedback that you have gotten from the users in terms of the applications, its usability, of the way that it has impacted their daily work life and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, users feeling that they now have something that can get to information that's very specific to their daily work processes that can be kind of challenging. So it involves emails, phone calls, and we're able to get them access to that information through a chat application. Um, it also gives them all of the great capabilities of a chat GPT experience as well. And when you marry these two things together, it can make for a very quick way to be able to perform tasks that historically have taken a lot more time. I think that's something that anybody could benefit from. I know some of the things that I do for sure that looking through these different forms of communication can be a little challenging. So having a chatbot that can help you kind of summarize that and get access to it sounds like a very powerful tool. Now that you have had this implementation of the generative AI application that's being used across the company for a lot of purposes, it sounds like, what are your next steps and where do you see the technology heading? Any new projects on the horizon that are tied to this current project? We're still monitoring the current pilot users for feature requests and also building out our document collection pipelines before we want to scale this out to a broader set of users. And, and we believe we can do this over the next few months. Once that's complete, we want to focus on our attentions on allowing users to develop their own custom agents that can better answer more complex tasks that are very specific to their domains of experience. We covered a lot of ground today, a lot of different topics. Uh, we'd usually like to leave our audience with some, some takeaway messages. Do you have a couple of key takeaway messages that you can leave us with? Yeah, absolutely, Don. Whether you're really building your own or you're buying a platform for generative AI, the data access and governance is really the key to success. You really need to ensure that the documents that are being used are accurate 
They're being updated, they're accessible. So the LM application can leverage all of this great information that's very specific for your company. You should also expect to use early adopters as key information for getting good feedback and understanding what types of features and data is really required by the user base. And this should really cover as many domains and job levels as possible to get a nice variety of users. Those are some good tips to get people on the right track. Thank you, Mike, for joining us for today's conversation. And thanks also for the education that you've provided and the experiences you've shared about generative AI and LLMs with both Yonis and I, as well as our audience. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you have questions about any of the topics we discussed today, please feel free to email Jonas and I. You can find our contact information in the show notes. We are always open to your comments, thoughts, and feedback on the show or the topics. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard today, please help to spread the word by rating the show. And if you're not already a subscriber and would like to be notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the series. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.